The Shakespeare Society and PlayShakespeare.com presents Shakespeare Talks. Shakespeare Talks. I'm sitting here with Ben Crystal, starring in the title role of Hamlet at the University of Nevada at Reno. It is an OP production. OP meaning original pronunciation. Ben got here and helped out the actors learn the OP, and maybe you can uh, tell us a little bit more about the process. Sure. Um, well, I've been artist in residence at UNR for the last three months, the whole of the uh, fall semester. And Eric Rasmussen, the uh, Shakespeare scholar, who's uh, chair of the English Literature Department here, invited me to, to come and uh, take part in their production of Hamlet and, and maybe um, play a small part um, in, in the production. And uh, I came and ran a workshop here last March and got on so well with the students and the community members and indeed the director that the, the silent or the quiet offer that they'd made about playing the lead um, seemed uh, viable, I suppose. And so when I came back here in August, I spent the first couple of weeks building the ensemble of the company and training everybody up. And, um, and then we started working, and at the same time we, we were learning the OP. And then about three or four weeks in, we started working on Hamlet itself. So we left um, Hamlet alone for quite a while. And just, um, I wanted to make sure that everybody's physical verse speaking and uh, OP skills were kind of up to scratch before we, we started tackling the play. How long was the rehearsal period? Well, we opened, we, we started rehearsing the beginning of September and we opened the beginning of November. So I guess two months with the first three weeks uh, being the ensemble build. Right. And so what, what exactly is OP for the people that don't know what that is? OP is the system of uh, sounds that would have been spoken in Shakespeare's time. So essentially, the accent that Shakespeare and his actors would have spoken in um, the late 16th, early 17th century, and specifically the late 16th and, and early 17th century. So um, the accent of 20 years later or 20 years before is quite different. It is also a reconstruction of, I suppose you could call it a theatrical version of the accent, because a lot of the evidence that we have on how uh, and what the accent sounds like is based on the rhyme schemes from Shakespeare's uh, plays and poems and the spellings from the folio. So I guess you could say that it is a, a sort of a height, it, 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 it is perhaps a heightened or theatrical version of the accent that might have been spoken on the Elizabethan streets, but it is still about 90% accurate to to the accent that Shakespeare and his, his actors would have spoken in. And so, can you give me an example of that? How does that differ from, let's say, standard pronunciation, or sure. RP for that matter? Um, so, uh, let me not to the marriage of true minds admit impediments. Love is not love, which alters when it alteration finds. Let me not to the marriage of true minds admit impediments. Love is not love, which alters when it alteration finds or bends with a mother to a mouth. So the first one you would 
you would call standard, and the second one OP. Yeah, I guess okay. the first one was sort of RP or modified RP. Modified RP. Yeah. Okay. Um, how does it differ? Well, it's faster. Um, obviously, you know, there's the uh, there's different vowel qualities too. It's uh, as they say, as Hammett says, trippingly spoken, trippingly on the tongue. It tends to uh, have a number of different sort of domino-like effects on, on, on actors. It, it usually engages the lower register of my voice, um, which is a better uh, acoustic proponent for, for projecting your voice around, a, especially in open air theatre. It tends to ground the actors more. It tends to sort of lower their centre and, and make them sort of generally earthier. And it, it tend, generally tends to make them move faster too. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. So, as you learned, or as the actors learned this OP throughout the rehearsal process, mm. uh, was there anything that stands out that that you guys discovered through through using that? Yeah. Well, I guess I mean th th there was one great positive and one great negative, I suppose. Uh, and the negative is fairly standard, but still, the positive was that. I mean, you, you saw the show last night, mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, I knew, we, we both know the play well enough to know that there are maybe a dozen nice little fresh interpretations that, and, and you know, in terms of staging, in terms of character lines and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, they didn't come from me um, all the time. They didn't come from uh, Rob or, or Eric all the time, the, the director and the dramaturg. There was something about the OP that, that led to the thrust staging that led to the simplicity of the staging, you know, that tied in with, with other original practice styles. And, and it also made us, because it seems to, to um, elicit a lot of uh, passion, a lot of emotion from, uh, from the actors, it made us constantly strip the text back and try to imagine what it would have been like if, if the audience had never seen it before. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I know this is a sort of standard practice, but because we weren't performing it in an accent that made us rigid and stand up stiff and declaim like poets. Um, it made us talk more like people, real people, I suppose. We kept going back and thinking, why are we saying this? You know, you know the standard acting things, but still it, it seemed to elicit a lot of fresh readings. The negative, I suppose, um, as with um, any accent, is that people, when they learnt it, uh, were great when they were sitting down, and as soon as they jumped up and started acting all with emotion or whatever, it all goes out the window. And so it, um, and uh, and you know myself included, there are, there are some acts, there are some vowel qualities in OP that I struggled more with, that the Americans found easier, because the, the, the they're more naturally um, a part of the standard American accent, and then vice versa. You know, there were there were sounds that they struggled with. We all, for some reason, at various points until we pretty much reopened, struggled with uh, father, father, father mm. instead of father. Mm -hmm. um, which you know is a pretty, pretty uh, important word in the play. It occurs quite a lot, <laughs> so it was one we were determined to get right. So is that would you would you write that with like a, the international phonetics with like a schwa or like a um, the upside down e? Uh, it, end, it, it ends with a schwa. Um, okay, but uh, for, uh, our, you know this is the funny thing because uh, we. It's actually your father's domain. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I did study the IPA when I was younger, but um, right. I uh, I learn OP by ear. Dad provides uh, a flat recording of the of the play 
um, he reads the whole thing with, a, with an emotionless voice, if you will. So there's an aural way to learn it, and, there, and then he also provides the IPA transcription. And depending on who you ask in the company, people used any combination of those three elements. I, I was just, um, by the time I came to Hamlet, I was uh, fairly proficient enough that I was sort of sight reading it and sure. just needed tweaking on things like precedent instead of precedent yeah. and um, hypocrite instead of hypocrite, you know, those kind of like slight tweaks. So I, I don't know what the IPA for father is. I just know it's father. Sure. <laughs> so what's what's what has been the audience reactions that you've heard so far? I mean, I think in my experience from seeing the performance, I think I think that people enjoyed the performance. Mm -hmm. I think some people had less trouble than they expected to have understanding it. I think some people probably understand. Uh, there were some people on the other side of that fence too that mm -hmm. understood less than they thought they would. Yep. Um, so, what has been your experience, and what have you? I think the uh, the audience response, at least as far as I've perceived it, from the people I've spoken to and the people that my, the rest of the company has spoken to, has been split about four ways. Probably there are about twenty five percent of people who came and weren't expecting to understand any of it and understood a lot more. There was about 50% of people who came and didn't have a problem with it at all. And then there's another 25% that didn't think they were going to understand any of it and didn't. And um, I think, you know, that's, the, that's one of the biggest um, issues with it. It, it. When we were doing the press and the interviews and stuff before the show opened, people think that it, uh, OP means different language, oldie, English, Chaucer, um, completely unintelligible. Add that to the factor of Shakespeare, and you know, um, there isn't a huge theatrical scene in, in Reno. Add to that uh, Hamlet, which people generally consider to be confusing and difficult. And I think there were, considering the psychological barriers that probably were surrounding our production anyway, Opie probably added another ringed fence around it. So the fact that, f at least as far as I understand it, a, a very small quarter of, of the audience we've had have, have had trouble with it. I think we've done all right. Yeah. Um, or, or I should say, I think the OP has, could have been a lot more troublesome sure. to our audiences. And, and so, and, and you know, that's the other thing, you know, that, um, you know, people think that poetry is easier to understand when you slow it down. And there's a general expectation, I think, because it's Shakespeare, that you need to slow down so people can understand every single word and hear every single word. But actually, Shakespeare's easier to understand if you speed up, as is all poetry. Right. Um, and um, and you, uh, you know, that that's a natural factor of the OP. Someone last night um, after the show said, oh, it was going so fast that, uh, or, or there was an odd pronunciation of a word, and every now and again it would catch me, and I'd think about that for a minute, and then I'd realise I'd lost the next couple of lines. Well, so what? I mean, you know, maybe that's not the general expectation with Shakespeare these days, but that's not necessarily a bad thing either. If you lose yourself in a pool of an image every now and again, then good. Um, if you miss an image every now and again, well, so would the Elizabethans. You know, it's, it's, it's I think, the thing I like about it, if it does lose people every now and again, um, then perhaps it's rem it's reminding people or taking people back to a point where Shakespeare 
was you were supposed to get lost in it. You weren't supposed to revere and hang every single syllable. How, how would you compare? You just broke that down into percentages of what you sort of estimated were, were how how they responded to it. it. Would those be percentages the same or different in the UK? How 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 is how has it been received over there? Well. Um, that's a difficult question because uh, the, there's only been two productions in the UK in OP, um, both at the Globe and um, one in 2004, I think it was, of Roman Juliet, uh, of three performances over a weekend when the cast were performing mostly in received pronunciation and just had this sort of weekend drop in, as it were. And then the next year, Troyes and Cressida, which was performed once a week for over six weeks. So, and Troyes isn't exactly the easiest place to understand anyway. Yeah. So, all I, know, all I can tell you is, I mean, I've, I've just curated a CD of, of Shakespeare and OP for the British Library, and um, that will be the first professional seed organ made by professional actors uh, recording for, well, ever, I suppose, in OP. Uh, and we'll see how that sells, mm. I suppose. When does that come out? That comes out in March. March, okay. And, and, we'll, and we'll be March available... March 2012. March 2012, and you'll be able to download it from the British Library Excellent. website. Yeah, a full 70-minute CD of sonnets and extracts and, and, and monologues and, and you name it. Whenever I have given talks on OP, it's the, th it's the part of the talk that sets the room alight. E every time. People are fascinated by the sound. And to a man, they, 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 they say that it's, it's much easier to listen to, it's much more engaging, it's much, it's much more uh, visceral, mm -hmm. I suppose. But in terms of full productions, the UK hasn't really... For some, for some reason, America seems to be much more interested in it. Well, I think, I think part of its appeal is that it's, when Americans watch Shakespeare, they, they see a lot of British Shakespeare, and so they assume that Shakespeare should be performed with an English accent, right? And or it should be done. That's the only proper way to do it. But the um, but my director says that like you'd never perform like an Irish playwright in anything other than Irish over here, and so on and so forth. But if you do Shakespeare, you cannot do it in a British accent. It's seriously frowned upon. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. He's, he says, you know, if 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 you got a bunch of actors together over here and did a, in a Shakespeare play and tried to pop, do it in an English accent, it would be. Well, I think that American actors, especially ones that are uh, more junior, mm -hmm. um, have a tendency to slip into an English dialect. Oh really? While performing Shakespeare, okay. pronouncing certain words, you know, that are clearly. There are elements of that that are kind of verging into English pronunciation, mm -hmm. UK uh, pronunciation. But yeah, we would never do an Irish play like a Martin McDonough or something like that without it being Irish. Right. And, and but but it's just that American actors do slip into subconsciously into English pronunciation and. Well, and I know there's this idea that, and it's completely spurious that you know unless you. The, the, no one in the world can act Shakespeare as well as British actors and if you want to be a great Shakespearean actor you have to go to a British drama school or whatever, it's such crap. But the, th the, the one thing I do love about OP is that it kind of gives people permission and particularly Americans because there are 
bowel qualities of OP that are, are um, the sort of ancestral sounds of modern American yeah. English. There are vowel sounds that you guys do better than I do right. because you speak them naturally. Yeah. I have to accommodate to them, right. and vice versa. Sure. But it does, it does seem. To, it, it, I mean, it's the sound that you know, that the the, 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 the folio fits like a, a handle into a glove, and it, um, it does seem to have it. It does seem to tie, chime and tie into the universality of Shakespeare for some reason. So the appeal of the OP being. I think it, the OP provides sort of a uh, not American or not English pronunciation mm. of the play, and it is sort of a, if you will, a neutral yeah. speaking ground, accent-wise, dialect-wise, for both accents or both actors. Definitely. And so you do both have to sort of come to yet a different accent that's different than what's what's your own and there's elements that are that you're familiar with and and elements that are still your own as well right. but yeah you're you're sort of very much meeting in the middle and and that that's essentially what Shakespeare's actors did too they would have come from all over the UK and come to London and their actors would have blended into each other and right. they would have all spoken OP but with tinges of Warwickshire or Norwich or Somerset or wherever they were from and and it's I mean, it's a nice idea, isn't it? We're yeah. sort of coming together. This. Yeah. Well, that's what theatre is all about. Right, isn't it? <laughs> so one last question. What's yeah. next for you? Um, i got to go back to the UK at some point. <laughs> Feed my plans. Um, I'm writing a new series of books for Arden Shakespeare called Springboard Shakespeare, which are going to be um, sort of theatrical introductions to each of the plays. Um, sort of everything you need to know before you go and see a play while you're there and, and to think about afterwards. Sort of a combination of my Shakespeare on toast and uh, like the spark notes and what have you in a, a theatre program. Sure. I've got to finish up the CD for the British Library. I'm recording one of John Donne's sermons from 1623 in OP in an anabaric, I think it is, chamber. So it's going to sound like I'm outside St. Paul's Cathedral in 1623, which is going to be pretty awesome. And his OP was very different from the OP we're doing now as well. So that right. Maybe a holiday at some point. I doubt it. Wait for the uh, wait for the donor to come along and give me the 500,000 pounds I need to set up a Shakespeare company. Set up your own club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your own rose. Yeah. Cool. Well, great. Well, thanks. Nice talking to you. You've been listening to Shakespeare Talks. Brought to you by the Shakespeare Society and PlayShakespeare.com. Shakespeare Talk.